Hey everyone, uh, well, good evening or wherever you are, maybe it's morning or whatever. Welcome to another episode of Iglap. And today's episode is uh, very, very interesting, quite special because this is an episode that I've been wanting to do since season one, but you know, because of uh, certain topics and scheduling and things like that, it was quite difficult to, to do this episode uh, during season one, but you know, I'm glad that for this current season, we're able to do this episode because I feel that this episode is very timely uh, with everything that's been happening here in the country. And yeah, but before we start, you know, I'd like to thank our sponsors for this episode. Uh, first one is Swagat Indian Cuisine. Uh, if you want really good Indian food, just go to swagat.com.ph. To the Modern Fashionista, if you need any you know, fashionable clothes, face masks, etc., just go to the Modern Fashionista on Shopee. And lastly, Thai Movement, which is an excellent uh, brand in the sense that you know, they have a very good message we're in. It's about um, normalizing, respecting people's pronouns. So, you know, whether you're a he, uh, she, or even a they, uh, the shirts there really um, promote normalizing the preferred pronouns of people. So, you know, for today's episode, it's quite special because we have this uh, awesome guest, uh, is someone who I actually uh, read one of his works. I think it was maybe one or two years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I really can't remember. But I'll just let you know who he is. So he's an illustrator, comic creator, art director, and a friend. Uh, he's best known for the, his graphic novels *Light and Lost*, where we got the title of this episode from. Uh, published by Anino Comics and the Darna House here in the Philippines, and it's available through Bunyo Books worldwide. So *Light*. Uh, the first novel in the series, if I'm not mistaken, won the National Book Award for Best Graphic Fiction, Wordless, and Lost won the National Children's Book Award. Rocket Sheep Studios is set to adapt both books as an animated film, which I'm very excited to see. Hopefully, that will be out very soon. He has he has worked as a web designer, a teacher, storyboard artist, colorist, caricature artist, and graphic designer throughout the years, having done various illustration works. Uh, for brands such as Uniqlo, San Miguel, The Philippine Star, The Rest is Noise, CNN Philippines Life, and various bands and productions. So currently, he's an art director for Linea Linea. He's also part of Unnamed, a Southeast Asian comics collective as part of the core team. So he was born in Bag and currently resides here in Metro Manila. So welcome for the very first time, and we're very, very excited to have him, uh, Rob Chan. Hey, Rob. How's Chan. everything with you, actually? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? Right. Yeah, so yeah, everything with you, uh, Rob. Uh, pretty good. Um, right now, I just got off work and made had some dinner sent over, and now I'm just hanging out. Thank you for the wonderful intro. All right, well, actually, it was your intro. I'm going to ask you right now. You know, aside from that awesome intro you put, I want you to tell us a bit more about yourself that maybe some, you know, stuff that people don't really know about you. Okay, um, that seems kind of general. Uh, oh God, what do I say? Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, I was born and raised in Baguio, moved to Manila when I was 17 for college. And okay. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what else I can. Okay, uh, I don't know. Um, I took up management in college. I didn't really take up fine arts, but I've been doing art since I was a kid. Yeah. Did I freeze? Did you freeze? Oh, God. No, I froze. I froze. Sorry about that. Oh. So you took <laughs> management in college. Yeah. 
All right, so you know, you, you took up management. Uh, how did you get into you know doing graphic design and art and and things like that? Um, from when I was a young kid, um, I would make fan comics when I was okay. starting out. So, um, it would be like cartoons I liked watching as a kid, and then I would make fan comics where it's Scooby Doo meets Men in Black, that kind of thing. And okay. my parents kind of encouraged it, where they signed me up for um, different uh, art classes, different mentorships, and then I learned oil painting, figure drawing, stuff like that in high school, that kind of thing. I'd be the kid they sent to art contests from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, then in college, I asked my parents to buy me a tablet and that's where i started doing digital art and that's how i got into this where i started posting my comics online and then i started um getting a following from that and then i started attending different cons so that's kind of how like i've always been doing art but then i took up management because i thought i need a backup thing my parents were the ones who were like also confused like we thought you would take fine arts rob <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> then you yeah. took up management. Yeah, because I wanted like you know safety, and then. No, but that's actually that, that's quite unique though, because it's usually the parents who say you know you should have a backup, you should take this, but it's the other way around with you. Yeah, I guess I was that good as a kid. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Your parents are um, like, yeah, Rob is going to be an amazing artist. We might just no, no, <laughs> nourish no. it right now. No, that's not it. Um, I guess they were just supportive. They knew I liked it. And yeah. So I'm just wondering if you don't mind me asking, what do your parents do though? Um my dad was a banker, my mom was a teacher. Oh wow, very um well for your dad, very corporate and your mom very um well not really corporate, but it's very, you know, one of those set in stone type of jobs. But it's amazing that they really supported you. Uh just because, you know, I mean I I don't know if I may be thinking too old school or anything, but <laughs> Usually, right, parents are like, you know, you should get something wherein you could really have a career in the sense that you could work in, you know, maybe in San Miguel or these big companies. But your parents are like, you know, they, they're okay with you um, taking fine arts. So uh, so you're from Baguio. I per, uh, personally love Baguio a lot. So I'm just wondering, like, wh which part of Baguio did you grow up in? Um, around Cannon Road. Um, oh, okay. Went to Small Road Christian School Foundation. When I was a kid and Baguio Patriotic to learn Chinese, but I can't speak or write, honestly. <laughs> no, because, okay, so it's a Chinese school. They teach you how to read and write. But then outside of school, I have nowhere to apply it because yeah. the Filipino Chinese community was small. So I didn't really pick it up. Yeah. I mean, even if you learn it there, if you have no way to practice it, you'll most likely not you know, retain it or anything. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's amazing because I, I love Baguio. Uh, you grew up near Cannon Row. Then why did you decide to go to Manila for college? I mean, you have uh, UP Baguio and Baguio, obviously. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, the fear of being rejected for a job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would always tell us that during the whole college entrance test thing, okay. oh, you have to get into these schools because they always prefer these schools compared to others and i didn't really believe in that but also these are adults talking so i wasn't sure if they were you know um like if it was 100 percent accurate or anything 
Yeah. So I decided, yeah, okay, I'll I'll do this. I'll make sure that I have a good future ahead of me. So yeah, it was it was a hard discussion though, where my parents tried to figure everything out. They were asking if I was sure if I wanted to study in Manila because I had to be on my own, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I, I was like, yeah, I, I want to be proud. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't so, uh, prepared at all for living alone as a 17 year old. I didn't know how to cook or clean. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're <laughs> okay. So, like, okay. So, you know, you, you went to Manila. Uh, sorry, where did you study uh, in Manila? Um, Ateneo. Yeah. Oh, Ateneo. Oh, okay. That's true. That's cool. I didn't know you were from Ateneo. Okay. So you studied in Ateneo. You lived in probably one of the condos across Katipunan, right? Like across the school, uh, or did you dorm? It was, yeah. it was an office complex owned by a family friend. Oh, and my okay. apartment was like a back room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. rental cheap in, in that sense. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I was pretty happy. It was like, oh man, my own place. But <laughs> but it was like, um, I guess the size. Of, it was one. It was. Mm, what would the size be comparable to? A storage closet <laughs> like would you say like 15 square meters like that small yeah yeah okay so okay so you studied in ateneo uh how was your experience there so you took up management so i think that it's in the gokongwei building right yeah the Gok john gokongwei school of management building <laughs> yeah because he donated money for that yeah <laughs> yeah um how it was was um okay one, one question before i answer that where, sure. where did you think what school did you think i was from before i say i was from ateneo okay so i had a feeling that it was either ateneo la salle or up mm. but i thought you went to up okay cool yes. just because okay. didn't go to up baguio so i thought oh maybe he went to up dilaman that's why he chose not to go to up baguio uh, but I, I had the feeling it was one of those three schools no, I feel honored by that because, like, Ninja Chill, my UP. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ateneo, La Salle, and UP are all yeah. chill. I mean, uh, no, no, UP, they there's have a certain connotation depending on which school you're from. Oh, yeah, that the usual, like, you know, La Salle's are Conyo, Ateneans are spoiled or whatever, right? And okay, yeah, but okay, yeah. sorry, please, please go ahead. So, you know, you, you went to Ateneo, you, you took a management, you did Gox. So, how was like your experience there? You know, from going to 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 Ateneo, it was a big culture shop where it was all the rich kids. <laughs> we're here like, talking about you know, what people say about people from schools. Then you're like, oh yeah, it's all the rich kids here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was because also I went into the management part. That's where all the like children yeah. of owners and like business owners, uh, and tycoons, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. That's where they all went. So like, I was classmates with the one like. The son of the guy who owns Pancake House, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, not bragging or not pointing out the disparity. It was just like, okay, so these are what the rich people are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that, it was a very interesting experience. They all had like tiny cameras before phones. Okay, so that was the era of like 2007, 2008. So, you know, okay. those handheld, like, so the digicams, yeah, yeah. digicams. Everyone had one, and I was like, "But for what? Does anyone afford 
this. I remember that being the thing that's so strange to me, where like that's a family thing, like a family owns one, but all yeah. of these kids have their own. And like they take pictures and post them and multiply. And it's way better than anything my phone can capture. And I was like really jealous. And I'm like, I remember asking, hey dad, can I have a cam? And like trying to fit in, but like it didn't make me fit in. It just made me less rich or not have as much money. <laughs> like, okay, I find it so strange. So they brought Digicams to class or just to school? Like, you know, when they would leave class, then they started taking selfies or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Like they just brought it to school and then documenting stuff. And yeah, it was it was before smartphones, so no one was taking pictures of their phones. It was like you had a phone for text and calls, and then you had a camera where <laughs> you took pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Man. But yeah, I would say there's a disparity that I felt. And then yeah, and I had a shitty apartment. And then they would go to like I remember my batch going to pancake house and i couldn't afford anything so i was, <laughs> I was... Yeah, yeah yeah of course you're yeah, in a strict yeah. budget obviously yeah okay so um, you know I... you, you you experienced that then uh all right so you know you were there uh question d- during your time in ateneo like what was the drinking place in katipuna like the you know the the place where everyone would go on let's say a friday night or something Ah, I forgot what it was called. It was right next to Shakey's Cantina. There we go. Ah, uh, Cantina. Okay, okay. Yeah, and the one that everyone has says has Betchin or something. Yeah, was that Cantina? That, that or Drews. was it Drew? Drews. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, also, I, I I can't handle liquor, so I didn't really go drink with people. Also, I can't afford stuff. That was back then. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so you know, you 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 went to Ateneo. By the way, um, what was the Jaywalk or something? The the place with all the food was it there already? Uh, I think that's the School of Management Mall, the Som Mall. Yeah, the yeah. Som Som. Yeah, that's where all like the the kids with businesses, you know, do their thing, right? Like they yeah. open up a business. And did you try the food there or? Yeah, um, I remember. I really like this one place where it was just matcha milkshakes. Uh, (laughs) it's gone forever because it's just a student thesis and they're only there for a year yeah and you know maybe the the kid thought of something else after okay so you know um you know you mentioned that you know so it's like rob from baguio goes all the way to manila then you mentioned that you got a bit um culture shocked and such so like what was the one thing that really like shocked you the most like what do you remember being like Oh wow! Like this is what Manila is, or something like that. Because I mean, Baguio in itself is a city, obviously, right? But obviously, Baguio has like its own culture, like the way you know people are raised. Even if you know they study there, I mean, it's obviously way different compared to here. Uh, you know, even until now, even if in Baguio. By the way, when was the last time you were you were in Baguio? Um, just this year. Like, uh, okay. I had to go back for. Uh, family reasons and then yeah but i always go back up there every year for like christmas stuff like that to see my family okay so you know that in baguio right now there's a lot of these um uh you know these bars that are for like you know these bars are kind of like bgc bars in the sense that honestly i may be like we before the pandemic this was uh 2020 uh way before the first lockdown i was in baguio with my sister 
And usually the places we I would drink before because I actually had a girlfriend from Baguio, so that's I'm very familiar with um, um with certain places in Baguio, especially Session Road. I love staying in Session Road just because you know there everything is walkable. You can walk yeah. anywhere if you're in Session Road. Uh there's that bar there. I just can't remember the name, but it looked like one of those bars where all the old people would go, you know, those veterans. <laughs> that on a Friday night, there's like this guy with a guitar singing some acoustic song that I didn't understand the language because it was, I think, Igorot or something. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, you know, there are a lot of these new places where a lot of the rich kids of Baga, I guess, really hang out in because when I was there with my sister, she was like, you yeah, know, let's go bar hopping. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going bar hopping with my older sister because I see her like a tita. <laughs> Right, it's like it's like your aunt saying, "Hey, let's go to BGC and go to Valkyrie or whatever," and you're like, "Um, okay." So you know there are a lot of these um new places. Uh, have you have you been to any of the new places in Baguio in terms of like you know the hanging out places? Nah, nah, no, not at all. Um, whenever okay. I go to Baguio, it's Christmas, my family's birthdays, stuff like that. So it just mostly home. Yeah. yeah, and I would just hermit because like I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay mm-hmm. home, and do nothing. So like, I have zero idea about any of the new places. Yeah. Okay, but why do you but, like? You know, I am. Back. I am yeah. familiar with how like there's a gentrification happening. Yeah. Yeah, with the bars that really you're talking crazy. about. Crazy, really crazy. But how come though? If you don't mind me asking, why do you like you know when you go back to bag, you prefer to stay home instead of? You know, maybe going out or you know stuff like that. Uh, that's just how I was when I was a kid. Like, um, didn't really make friends in grade school or high school. On weekends, I would just spend it like in neutral grounds playing Magic the Gathering. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't go out on those kinds of things like drinking or stuff like that. All the drinking I've learned on how to do was here in Manila, and that was just with friends that I've made. Whereas in Baguio, I barely kept in touch with any of the friends I have there. So when I go back, I don't really feel like talking to them. I feel like talking to the friends I have here. And mm. yeah, it's if I go out, it's with, with family. And then they show me the nice new restaurants or we just eat at the places that we love. And yeah, I don't really have anything there to look for. It's a nice so I'm just wondering, though, like, like I'm just wondering if you don't, if you don't mind me asking like um sorry I just find it very interesting just because you know when I have friends or when I talk to people who are you know from a province or from outside Manila when they go back home it's like oh I have to you know go out see these new things uh but you do you feel like you know so I'm just wondering and if if it's okay for me to ask this question you do you feel connected to like Baguio in itself, or is it more of Baguio is home because of family type person? Oh, uh, both. Um, with my family, they're there. All my cousins are here in Manila, but my family's there in Baguio, and it's home to me because that's what I grew up with, and that's what I grew up knowing. Like before I moved here. Um, I remember the first time I ever went to Manila. It was this big shock of like, you mean the world isn't just green and mountainous and because when you're in Bagi, it seems like the whole world is just this huge like forest. Or Nature. Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain range and it's beautiful. Then I come here and it's like <laughs> big tall buildings, cold structures, mishmash. Traffic. 
hot, <laughs> uh, polluted. Hmm. But yeah, um, it's home for family and because yeah. Okay, so you know, um, so you mentioned earlier that you know when you're growing up, you did more of um like a fan art, maybe not the right term or something, but you did a lot of uh, um, your own art with the cartoons that you would watch and things like that. Then, uh, I'm just wondering for the kind of uh animation you do now or the kind of artwork you do right now, how did you like get that kind of art? Because I mean, you know, you could be the type that. You know, because like for example, um, a cartoon like Adventure Time, right? It's very cartoony mm-hmm. in that sense. But your art, your art is more um, sophisticated. I think is an okay word to use. It's more sophisticated, serious, and very modern in a way. If that's okay for me to say, like, where did you um, develop that kind of, you know, artistic side of yours? Okay. Um, so. <laughs> I started out with oil paintings and just still lifes. So when I was 13, 14, I would paint mountain ranges, vases, um, still lifes, stuff like that. And then when I got to college, oh, no, sorry, rewind. And that was the stuff I made that would be exhibited in like these young artist galleries when I was like 14, 15. And then in the meantime, while that was happening, I was still making my own comics where it's just like, paper and a ball pen so and i remember making this series called bad paper comics where it's just <laughs> comics on a bad paper so okay. yeah. so <laughs> that's where i started like there was a comic i made now show my man and show pow boy yeah 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 um they're somewhere um back home there's one where it was a Mulawin ripoff, where it was okay. bird people fighting one another in an epic war. <laughs> and they're on a pad paper, by the way. Yeah, all on pad paper. Yeah. And then, um, okay, so how I developed my style is the question I'm just talking about. Like, I always. No, and to I make actually, I, I love that you're, you're mentioning these things because I had no idea about um, Shaw My. Man, uh, Shopa Boy, and your pad uh, paper comics, and I would love for you to, to to talk more about those. But yeah, please, please go ahead. Yeah. Um. In college, um. That's when I got here, and then you see there are no comic shops in Baguio. The only comics I was exposed to were Archie comics and the stuff that you would find in garage sales in Changes yeah. and Square. So sometimes in a Sky World. There's no. Is there a Sky World in Baguio? Yeah, that's where you get the second-hand clothes, um, second-hand oh. toys, comics. Okay. In, uh, I'm very bad session at yeah. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. But, yeah. but thought, I'm sure you don't talk about it now. I thought you were talking about Sky World, the comic by Ian Santamaria. <laughs> I wish I was, but... <laughs> all right, all right. No, but, yeah, so, you know, the Changes, Garage Sales, uh, Sky World, probably. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, you, you, you got Archie's and, yeah. Yeah. Archie's, Snoopy's, um, Farside. The Farside was my favorite comic strip growing up. Um, and since that was the only comics I could get, when I got here, I remember my cousin Rodney um, on my mom's side would show me around because he would introduce me, try to get me to know Manila and stuff. He'd always just bring me to places to eat, 
but then he would also show me book places and bookstores. So he would buy me a lot of comics. And that's when I started reading all these different uh, indie comics. Besides the Marvel stuff, he gave me a CD with like, scans of um, Infinite Crisis, uh, Kingdom the Come. Dark Horse stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of Dark Horse stuff, 300. So it was through him that I started reading all these other mainstream comics like Marvel, DC, and then going to fully booked and national bookstore, I could get my hands on some indie cartoonists like Daniel Klaus, Adrian Domine. Um, yeah, actually, I love Jeffrey Daniel Klaus. Klaus. Yeah. 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 So they became a big influence on me besides the web comic, web, web, web comic web comic boom of the time yeah. like there was overcompensating everything is horrible i don't know everything is horrible a lesson is learned horribleville uh akewood there's sorry like besides the mainstream comics there was also all these web comics that i loved and that's where why i started to wanna do what they do i made like web comics of my own and that's where my style started to grow where it came from shopao boy and show my lad oh, my man <laughs> uh, went from that to making autobio comics about myself like going through college stuff like that and then yeah i started getting into silent comics um so i know you said like light and loss were some of the first silent comics that you've ever read right yeah. so for me the first silent comics i ever read were this really old um hong kong comic strip that they collected into books and then oh okay they would sell it to machanges that my parents found for like a bargain and then it's it's in chinese and i i know i'm chinese but i can't read a word of it but most of the strips were silent as in no dialogue no, it's action. just people acting out yeah comedic stuff and to me that was amazing that you could make someone laugh without using words um it's called lao futsa or old master some some old master q mm -hmm. by alfonso Wong. yeah and then i started reading more silent comics in college where it was uh, manic sabrera um jason this european cartoonist mobius and those were a lot of influences towards me where i wanted to try making comics like that where it was more leaning towards Instead of webcomic style, I wanted to do pen and ink, heavy graphic, um, semi-realism like Jamie Hernandez or um, Daniel Klaus. Those would, be, those would be examples. There's also The Realist um, by Asaf Hanaka. That was a big influence on me. And at the time, I was already getting jobs for like Philippine Star and Rogue. So I was doing illustrations for that using that style. So that's how my stuff came to develop, where I was doing Daniel Klaus, Adrian Domina-inspired stuff. But then I was still leaning towards Adventure Time, Mobius, um, all that stuff. And that's how Light came to be. So, I, like, yeah, I vary in styles in different ways because a lot of things interest me. Like, I'm endlessly curious on how to tell stories with the comics medium. Anyway, hi, that was a long-winded rant. Sorry. No, 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 like, no, not at all. I mean, it's very interesting because, you know, of our viewers who may not have read Light or Lost, um, 
when I first read it, and if you don't mind me telling the story how you discovered it, because one of my favorite stories of all time is Fully Book. Like I love Fully Book because it's like our version of Page One Abroad or um, Barnes and Noble. Because I mean, National Bookstore is a great place also to get books. It's just that compared to Fully Book, you know, they probably have one fourth or even one fifth of what Fully Book has. And there's a time that you know I got into graphic novels a lot. Like aside from reading, you know, the usual novels. I wanted to read graphic novels because one, I wanted to see the artwork, how you know each artist has their own style, right? Like Daniel Klaus has his own style. One of my favorite ones, Alan Moore, obviously has his own style. Uh, Craig Thompson, who I think is very underrated. Uh, have you heard of Blankets? Yeah, um, I have it on my shelf right now. That's another right, big I, I love Blankets. Like That was such a page turner for me. It was very underrated for me. So. Um, you know, I, I was reading these, and I said, you know, why don't I give the local uh, Filipino um, graphic novels a chance, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. at that time, I didn't see any uh, Tresse at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it maybe it was out of stock. Then I saw I these two books. I don't know why. But this was last year, though. Uh, so uh, it wasn't okay. before the Netflix thing. No, My I think it's for before. it yeah. is they put us all in the Filipiniana section. <laughs> Well, yeah, you guys were in the Philippines yet. No, because in uh, fully booked Green Hills, with that one, uh, you know, with, with, with Green Hills, uh, the fully booked there, when you go to the second floor, there's the graphic novel section, right? And uh, with that section, there's like not really the Filipiniana in a way, because I didn't really see um, novels or anything there, just the graphic novels. And then I discovered, uh, you know, Light and Lost there. And I said, oh, this looks pretty interesting because, you know, as much as I, you know, there's the saying, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. I looked at the cover and I said, you know, this, this seems pretty interesting. Then I read at the back, it mentioned that it was a wordless novel. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, what is a wordless novel? I mean, yeah, you could probably think common sense, right? But, you know, uh, so anyway, with that one, uh, I got Light and Lost at the same day. You know, I opened it. I read uh, Light first, read. You know, I, I opened it up and I saw it. And that's why when I looked at the artwork, I was like, this is really... Um, very interesting stuff because it was artwork that I haven't seen at all, even with the foreign ones, because I think all the authors I mentioned, it's very uh, realistic in the sense that, you know, it's people in certain situations. But Light and Loss is all about, it's it's like an adventure time in the sense that, you know, there is an adventure there. And did you you get inspired a lot by Adventure Time for that? Um, That... And actually, it's the background artist, uh, Ghost Shrimp. They hired him on the first season to design the backgrounds on Adventure Time. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of his work. And then besides that, there's also this comic by Jeff Smith called Bone. Mm-hmm. Massive influence on the backgrounds. And Mobius, he is a French cartoonist known for being one of the most influential cartoonists of all time. So. All of that kind of melded into light, but the style came about because I was. Um, I can talk about it later, but um, I'm just talking about that's where uh, some of the inspirations came from for why light looks the way it looks. Okay, yeah. so you know, if it's okay for us to discuss light and lost a bit more, just just because I think I think that more and more people should uh, purchase a copy, not just because you're my guest tonight, but it's more on you know. I just really feel that. First things first, I think it's a huge um, crime to put you guys in the Filipiniana section. That's all. Same. Same. Right? Because I mean, you know, 
I, I don't know. Like, I feel that since it is a graphic novel, right, Tresse and you, like, your work, Light and Lost, is a graphic novel. And, um, yeah, sure, you're, you're a Filipino author. Sure, why not? But it's more like since it is a graphic novel, shouldn't you be, like, with Alan Moores, Daniel Gaiman's? Yeah. Then, like, if you re- write, let's say, a, you know, a regular novel that's all words, no no photos or anything, then fine. I, I would put you in the Filipiniana. But, um, I wouldn't yeah, mind... So, if we're put in a Filipiniana section, but only if the Filipiniana section kind of has its own subsections, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where yeah. like, yeah, there'd be the nonfiction, the fiction, and it's all under Filipino. But instead, yeah. all of it is put under like Mix. the same shelf. So yeah. when you're looking at it alphabetically, suddenly it's like joke book, celebrity book, and then comic book, and then cookbook. That That's... <laughs> It's great, I guess. It's easy to I mean, find. it's kind of funny because I'm looking at light and lost and suddenly I see a cookbook right up for a dub or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I hate, so, I hate that yeah, I'm in well, the same section as the Duterte Manifesto. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go on. No, it's okay. So, okay. So, um, you know, so I'm just wondering, what made you decide to, to write your, your two books, your first two books? Like you know, what what did what were like what got over you that you're like, you know what? I'm gonna write my first novel, then I'm going to make my second novel. Like, what made you decide? Okay, it's time for me to make a novel or a graphic novel. Okay, um, so how light and lost started? I never had lost um, in mind. That came after light, but light was a product of um, when I was making comics when I was in twenty one. Um, I would make slice of life comics and autobio comics and work with other writers on these indie comics that I would sell at cons. And then how late, light, how late, how light came to be was uh, I wanted to make a graphic novel. I wanted to experiment with the form. Um, there's this style I was playing around with, which is the style of light right now, where it's this thing that came from one of my art mentors. Um, he showed me how to do etching on pastel. And what he would do is he would paint the whole canvas in different colors and then he would cover it all in black. And then I would scratch and then he would scratch it off. So that's how you get the line effects of like a rainbow outline. So I was trying to do that for digital and then I built a story around it with light so it was a mix of i was interested in this art style i wanted to tell a long-form story and i wanted to experiment with comics as a form because light is a weird book where it's one panel per page and that's intentional because i wanted it that there's always a surprise when you turn the page and i feel like a full splash page of a comic can offer so much for composition so it's half comic still telling a story but i tried to compose all the images like they were painting i'm i'm weird all right <laughs> so I don't know, if you think you're weird then what am i because honestly when i when i looked at the, the work i didn't find it weird at all i said this is really good yeah, so if you're weird, then what am i right yeah yeah no no you're fine i'm just saying like <laughs> you don't do this with a comic <laughs> We have all these tools at your disposal, and I threw out like multiple panels on a page, stuff like that. Um, 
But yeah, it was meant to be read like an album. And then I was supposed to self-publish it, but I had no way to pay for it because I can't make expensive. that much money. Yeah. I'm sure it's very um, expensive to self-publish. I mean, because it's colored, so that's one, and the paper has to be nice. Curious, do you still remember how much the quotation was when you were trying to self-publish it? Like, how much it would have cost? Uh, yeah. Um, there had to be a minimum order quantity of... 200 books and oh, 200 pieces only okay yeah and then it would have cost me about well, 200 per book so it would have been 40k for a print run and i was just 23 i didn't have that money <laughs> i was trying yeah, to survive yeah. yeah so um i was gonna figure out a way to publish it but i was fortunate enough that um adarna house uh, decided to revive its comics imprint, Anino Comics. Yeah. Yeah. And then the editor they got was Carl Jovier, a good friend of mine. And he asked, hey, if you have any pitches that you want to give us, uh, let us know and we'll try to work with you to print your books. I actually pitched a different comic to them where it was this book I was working on, where it was another slice of life, pretentious. 23-year-old kid idea. It was called Hipsters. Okay. Hipsters were a thing at the time. And it was just four Yeah, they artists. were. They were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was four different artists trying to grow up from college to getting a job. And then I, I, I pitched that and I attached light because I had finished it and I was intending to publish it on my own. I said, I can finish a graphic novel. Here's proof. Please let me work on Hipsters. <laughs> no, then they were like, we would rather publish light than yeah we'd rather publish this you can work on hipsters and show it to us when you have more but can we publish this in the meantime and then it's funny because like anino means shadow and then the first book they publish is light so like light yeah. and chat and shadow are opposites. <laughs> <laughs> so, um all right so you so question um the the current books available for light are they all still first editions um no um the one in the states is currently on its second edition oh wow and congrats i think the local the nino comics is on its fifth wow print run yeah yeah <laughs> no, I, that's amazing i mean you know just yeah. going just getting a second abroad and now locally earn your fifth that's pretty amazing so okay, so uh, you know, you went to that pitch meeting. Question: Did you ever finish hipsters? Uh, no, no, I, I did not. I, I didn't want to work on it anymore. I remember um, announcing it on my social media pages, and every once in a while, it comes up in my Facebook memories, and I'm like, ah, ah it's been eight years. It's been eight years. <laughs> so, so no plans at all in finishing it. Nah, nah. Um, I have a story. I have the outline. I have the character sheets. Um, I just never had the time to make it. I got caught up in one project after another. So it's one of those things I'll work on eventually. Like when I'm in my mid-30s and then it'll come out and then it's just a nice time capsule of what it was like to grow up in 2007 to 2011. So yeah. the longer we go... <laughs> The better, the better to finish it because it has yeah, it will yeah. have more nostalgia, no, in a way. Yeah, the Zoomers will read it and think, "Oh, that's what it was like twenty years ago." Oh, <laughs> okay. So, um, 
you know, so first question, uh, l- looking at it, you know, so they agreed to, you know, to publish your work and things like that. Uh, were you one of those authors that, you know, they told you, you know, just example, I'm going to, you know, throw in a, a random date. They're like, hey, Rob, on, let's say, January 5th, 2012, this will be available in all bookstores. Did you, like, go to a bookstore and, like, look for your novel? Or were you just very chill, like, oh, yeah, I, I have a printed work? They were very supportive in that we launched it at Comicet, like one of the first okay. Comicets, like five years ago. So, excuse me, I'm gassy and I burp. Sorry, excuse me. It's all right. It's all right. Oh God, I hope no one heard that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we launched it at Comicet, and I got to see firsthand. Uh, like. I, the day I arrived, and then they had a table ready for me where we were selling the book, and then I, I held it in my hands, and I was like, "I am launching a book at a comic convention. This is a dream. I'm published, and I get to sell." And then so many people actually came by and congratulated me, had copies signed, and then the week after, we also launched uh, like a launch party at um, Comic Odyssey at the Fort. So mm-hmm. that's in the yeah, fully booked uh, building. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it was all like surreal. And then there were people that actually came and had books signed. And I was just like really grateful for all that happening. Oh, man. But I get what you're trying to ask where it's like, what was the feeling of when I went to a bookstore and my books are there? Yeah. Like I've had dates where um, I just wanted to check out the bookstore. But then they say, wait, is that you? I'm like, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not me. No, we're not looking at that. We're not talking about how I'm on a bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a published artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or with my friends, and then they would be like, Uy, ganda to. Sino kaya to? Si, si Rob Chan, galing ng book na. And I'm like, oh, I didn't expect my balls to be busted over a book. Yeah. But yeah, it was a surreal feeling. And actually, I'm not sure. Do you know the app Goodreads? Yeah, you're you're there. Like both of your books are there, and you know when you look at the the, the reviews, they're always pretty good. Like, yeah, I I like, cringe you know, at I, some of them. <laughs> well, some of the reviews or yeah, yeah. Because okay, um, I'll talk about it later when we talk about Lost. But okay, okay. So what were you saying about good Goodreads? Sorry. Oh yeah, no, that Goodreads. both of your books are there. Uh, because I do have that app just because uh i think it was like maybe two three years ago i told myself that you know i would try to finish at least one book a month um depending on the length because obviously if the book's like a thousand pages long it would take me the whole month to finish it right uh but of course if it's a short book you know less than 200 pages i could maybe read you know two three in a month but anyway i downloaded that app just because i wanted to keep track of all the books that i read just so that i would know like you know after a year like oh i did more than my original goal or things like that then uh, it's just very rare for me that, you know, I have bought um, other comic books from local artists and most of them, I'd say like 90% of them aren't registered in Goodreads because you need that ISBN number. But both um, Light and Lost have that and that's how you're on Goodreads. So I, I found it very, very cool. So sorry. Um, so, okay, you, you did um, Light. Uh, it was a huge success. You, you won an award. Uh, sorry, uh, when did you decide to do Lost? Like, how many years later after Light? Um, I wanted to do it right away, where every year there was another book and another book. Okay. I never got to. 
<laughs> yeah, you only have two so far, right? Yeah, it's really difficult to make a book a year. I'm, I'm working on the third yeah. one right now. Yeah. Oh, you're making but, it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Limbo, and mm, okay. I'll talk about it later. But yeah, I'm very light excited. Was released, oh, thank you. Um, when light I mean, was released, you kind of left me hanging with Lost. By the way, that that's not cool, man. Like how many years? That's not a cliffhanger. That is the intentional ending. I, I is, know, but I mean, it's like yeah. don't tell me there's no third book in this thing or a fourth. Okay. Okay. But so, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the thing that frustrated me about the local comics scene is, um, when I would read a book, it would take years for it to continue. So I get get what you're frustrated at. But I really meant for these books to be standalone, and you don't have to read Light before Lost, or you don't have to read Lost before Light. I mean, yeah, you can read Lost without reading. Yeah. So. That said, um, I never intended the second book to happen. What I actually was trying to do after Light was released, I was working on a completely different book where the idea was, because I'm fascinated by comics as a medium, like how can you play with it? How can you rearrange it? How can you break it? So what I was thinking of was this book where the left page was one completely different world and the right page was another completely different world. So okay. it's still doing the one panel format thing. And then as you keep turning the page, they start colliding and colliding until you end up at the last pages where it's just pull out like pages so that you can see how the two worlds have collided and crossed over. And I couldn't make it work. And then I then asked a bunch of my friends and my ex at the time if they had any suggestions and they all kind of I said like good luck <laughs> give me some like, ideas like give me an idea no good luck rob <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can do well, it <laughs> i was just asking for feedback but yeah yeah um what happened was someone gave the idea i'm not sure who of using my characters from light and lost and then it kind of snowballed from there where okay so I can still use the ideas from the left and right pages. So that's how Lost came about, where they got separated into the world of the left page and the right page on the two-page spread. And then they're trying to get back together and then all these shenanigans of them interacting with one another. And yeah, that's how Lost came to be, where it was just me trying to try for another book that was completely experimental and had no heart into something where I decided, okay, so their story is they get separated, but they realize that, because at the time I was also going through stuff where my friends were leaving the country. Uh, a lot of people I got to know and care for went away. That kind of deal. So I wanted to get, get that feeling, because like that is something where it hurts that you grow apart and get separated from the people you love. But it's also a good hurt where it's, you know, because they're going to go on to pursue what they want. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what Lost is about. So for those of you who have never read it and then why Paolo is upset what, at the cliffhanger is because they do not have a happy ending. It's, that's it. Like you learn how to live on your own. Yeah. It's not really I'm upset at the ending. It's just more of. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, for me, when I'm a fan of something, right? Uh, yeah. I, I want to keep on, you know, getting it. 
you know what I mean? Like, I, I want more of it. Yeah. And when I don't get more of it, I'm like, what did what did we as the reader do to deserve not getting more of this? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, so if you don't mind me talking a bit more about Lost and Light, uh, so I guess here's my question to you, um, because I'm sure you've spoken to your, you know your fans or your your avid readers, etc., about Between Light and Lost. I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed, um, or the fan favorite, I guess, is Light more than Lost, right? Yeah. I mean, would you I, agree uh, to that? Yeah, that's it. Like, I go to Goodreads and I read the reviews, and everyone dislikes Lost, or they like Light more than Lost. And then for me, it's uh, I put way more effort into Lost. I know it looks like it doesn't, but like the whole panel compositions plotting pacing of lost and also building up to that moment of just complete heartbreak like yeah that that also broke me where i was like oh i'm reminded of all the pain that i'm feeling <laughs> okay i'm gonna be but, honest with you uh when i was reviewing both light and lost and goodreads yeah. I, I gave lost four out of five while i like <laughs> a five out of five <laughs> because yeah, um that's fine I guess it's just more on I, I get the idea and that's why I love having this episode with you because I really get to understand where you're coming from when you created Lost. Mm. It's just that I guess uh it's kinda like you've read you have you read Watchmen already by Alan Moore? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you think that's a masterpiece? Like you think it's a really great novel graphic novel? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the book. I don't like the fans so much. <laughs> oh the fans. Well, uh, I, I guess everyone, you know, the fans, uh, not all, you know, everything has fans that aren't so great. But anyway, uh, yeah. it's kind of like your light is kind of like Watchmen, where, you know, mm -hmm. it was great, etc. Then you have this thing called Before Watchmen, wherein it's kind of experimental in the sense that, you know, you wanted to see where you could, you know, bring it and really just, you know, do something different. Yeah, then I guess the mainstream fans were more like, what is this, you know? Nah, like before Watchmen for me is already like a failure before it even started. Not because yeah. of anything that is wrong with the work. It's more of the rights issues. Did you know about this? Where Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons were screwed out of Yeah, I don't think they gave that. their I don't think they gave their blessing for it either, right? Yeah, because um the clause in their contract for Watchmen was they get to own the work after a couple of years once DC stops making merchandise of it. So now it's being held hostage by DC. They just keep printing merch of it. It'll never revert back to the creator. Oh, that, so that's, always awful. One of the, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of the greatest crimes in comics history. And then before yeah. Watchmen is kind of emblematic of that where they will never get the rights back. And also it's, yeah, I mean... I've read the comics. Um, they're good. Yeah. It's good work. I especially love the Minutemen by Darwin Cook. But yeah, yeah, it it, it hurts that knowing the okay. So apologies for the for a very bad uh, analogy. So maybe you can do Back to the Future one and Back to the Future Part Two instead. <laughs> no, I love Back to the Future Two way more than one. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Actually, you know, okay. So I, I'm gonna. So here's the thing with me, and I'm not really sure if this is what you meant when you when you did Light and Lost, but mm. I always thought that both um, books were more of an experience than anything else. Yeah, like it was an experiential kind of thing. Where you know there are graphic novels wherein 
it's not really about the experience it's more about what you learn about the mm. characters the lessons etc but i always felt that uh, in a way that light and loss were kind of like paintings you, you know how in a painting you everyone has their own interpretation yeah. but the thing with the the artist it's not really about they don't really i mean it's not really like oh, i want you to interpret it in this way or in that way it's more like i want you to experience what i was how i was when i the, the purpose of this and that's how I, how i felt about uh both novels and the reason why i mentioned that is we had someone a comment uh, what's the title of your book and what is it about and for marky uh the titles are light and lost by rob cham obviously uh and what is it about well it's more of an experience it's more it's adventure but it's also about personal about your personal life in a way i mean not rob's personal life but like the character's personal journey to to something yeah um okay. no question did you ever name the character like even just internally in no. like, no, like it, nameless like nameless character i've always meant for them to be nameless and genderless because yeah, so that everyone can just imprint and call them what like they, they want. Can, uh, yeah. Agree. The, I mean, they can get yeah, yeah. The unofficial nicknames for them, which was because um, a lot of people who reviewed my book and also a lot of the people who buy my book always ask, or they give their own names. Where suddenly they call the character from Light backpack and the character from Lost teardrop because one has a backpack, the other shaped like a teardrop. Yeah, yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Okay, so um, if you don't mind, and I'm not, and I hope you know it's not against your contract with Darna House or anything, or whoever's going to publish Limbo. But uh, so you're currently working on Limbo. Uh, mm-hmm. When do you think you could see the book, or when do you think it will get published, or when do you think you'll finish the book? I guess that's the better question. I was supposed to work on it this year, but I got wrapped up in animation projects okay. and. I got accept me and my writing partner Marcos Sumayo got accepted into Comicets Philippine International Comics Festival. Oh so wow. I'm yeah. So I'm working on a different comic with them called Nana. Yeah. Nana. Yeah. Okay. Nana. Uh N-A-N-A-N-G. Oh Nana. And okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was working on Limbo during the quarantine, but um some personal stuff happened, so it got delayed. So and then just the schedules didn't work out. So I'm now working on animation and uh, this other comic, uh, Nana. And we're trying to get it out next year because it's part of the batch two of Comicets, Philippine International Comics Festival. Um, they provide funding. It's kind of like Cinemalaya, but comics. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're targeting for that where they have batches of releases and then they're in competition. There are awards, there are grants, there are different workshops to help you make the comic. So yeah, it's a very good program for anyone who wants to make a graphic novel. So um, going back but, to... Yeah, sorry, oh, go sorry. ahead. Yeah. No, no, oh, please go ahead. Question. Yeah. Limbo will be done when it's done. <laughs> Man, are, yeah. are you like George R. R. Martin by any chance? Oh my God. Um, that's it, like... Limbo went through so many phases because before Limbo, it was going to be a different book called Leaving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Light and Lost are these square picture books, these square graphic novels. And then I was going to do Leaving, which was set 20 years after Light and Lost. 
Okay. And then the book would have been a standard comic book size. Yeah, that's that's the normal size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the main characters would also be taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they'd be like six, five inches or something compared to your lost, which is like what one to two at most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't finish that book because um I didn't feel like making it. And then I scrapped it and then went back to square again yeah. yeah and yeah i've already finished 20 pages out of 100. nice and, yeah it's just i have to take a break because all these other things i'm working on of course and i mean i guess the creative juices in a way as well right i mean i guess in terms of being an artist because me honestly i've always wanted to make something like art like as a kid i i always wanted to be a film director that's how I, you know, as a kid, I'd watch all these art house films because my parents kind of supported it. But then when it came to college and I said I wanted to go to film school, they're like, that's too expensive. We can't afford it. So I took up political science, which is like the, the other end of the spectrum. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, you know, for you, the creative process, like how does it, you know, go? Because, you know, um, creating something artistically, in my opinion, is very difficult because... Aside from you having to enjoy what you're doing, you have to make something that's very true to yourself, right? So, like, how difficult is it for, for you? Like, when you are when you were making Light and Lost, I'm sure you took breaks in between the creation, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Breaks. Uh... Like when I was working on Lost, I was actually okay. When I was working on Light, I was doing, um, I was working as a web designer. Okay. So I was doing websites, and then I was working on Light in between jobs. Like when a client comes in, we do the website. When the client's done, I work on Light. Then I lost that job, and then when I got the Lost, I was working for, um as an art director for a merch company. And then what happened there was I got a job offer to work in digital comics where I was making comics for this app for based in the UK called Stella. Oh, cool. And then uh, that comic never finished because the company ran out of money. Yeah. Um, but I was working on Lost with that. so. To answer your question about the creative process, um, isn't so much that I need breaks. It's I really want to keep working on and keep making stuff. It's just the limitations of myself as a human being get in the way. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I love the honesty though. I mean, honestly, it's it's. I mean, I've never made anything like that. Uh, it's probably one of my biggest regrets in life. I don't really have that artistic side in me but yeah i mean i guess the one thing a lot of people should realize is when you create art it takes a lot out of you though i mean the the thinking then you know the actual you know drawing painting etc okay so you answered that limbo will get done when it's done i hope that's soon because i would really want to um you know buy it a first edition because apparently my light and loss are in first editions Uh, so, okay, so you mentioned a comic called Nanang, which, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Are, are you okay with maybe talking a bit about the premise or what it's about? 
Sure. Um, I'd be happy to actually. Um, so Comic Cat started the Philippine International Comics Fest, and then they started this program where it was supposed to be before the big pandemic, this huge um, Comic Con kind of event for the Philippines, where we would invite different international speakers to come in and then they would exhibit and then we'd have creators from here exhibit their work and then uh, show off their comics. And I didn't get into batch one because I didn't have an idea and I couldn't pitch anything. And then when batch two came around, I approached um, my longtime collaborator, Marcus Maya. He is a writer for different things. He's very talented and I respect him a lot. I met him through Deus Ex Machina. Um, it's this writing group of comedy erotica writers, and we perform it on stage for okay. radio play. And then it's pretty right. much it started out as reading bad fan fiction in Uno Morato. And that's how I came to know Marco, besides how our common friend JR would have us play Magic the Gathering together. Um, so I really liked his work, and I told him, hey, can you and I work on something? There's this comic festival. I feel like we can get our funding from there, and then we can make something good out of it. And he said yes. So I asked him for different ideas. I left it up to him. What did you always want to make into a comic? It was actually his girlfriend, Jewel, his partner, Jewel, who said, you two should work on something together. So that's where I got the idea. Yeah, like I always liked his writing. So yeah, um, I asked him if he could pitch different ideas. And then one was a Mad Max style satire about the current way the Philippines is being run. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's very bad guy, though, I have to say. That's very, very bad guy. Yeah, this was before 2020. So yeah. <laughs> No, still, still very bad guy, man. I mean, yeah, we would have drawn twenty twenty. That's what that book would. Have it would have done any year, honestly. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, Mad Max um, style of how the the country's yeah. run. But that to me was also like, I wanted to do that, but then he gave this other pitch, which was Nanam, and what it was is, it's these interesting characters where it's the. It's a Provinciano who grew up in the mountains, in the Cordillera regions, and left that to come to Manila for the rock and roll lifestyle in the 90s. Raises a single child and then comes back home because her grandmother has passed away mm -hmm. and tries to reconnect with her roots. And suddenly her daughter is kidnapped by a mythological creature known as Dalan. It's this huge bat-human creature hybrid that makes children out of its like out of human remains that it collects, okay. and it's this so really like Chanucks in a way. Mm. No, it's completely different. different. Okay, it's way weirder. Like huge okay. bat-like wings, backwards feet. No, sorry, I meant and... like creating of the humans out of human remains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but a the Chanucks, like a little baby, but this yeah, yeah. Like... this is like toddlers yeah. or something. Okay, yeah. And yeah, um, the mother and daughter kind of have to find one another again. So it's very inspired by Song of the Sea, that animated film where it was unabashedly about their culture. He wanted it to be unabashedly be about Philippine mythology and monsters and humanity and our culture. And then 
aside from that, he wanted it to be something like a Spirited Away Ghibli kind of feel. So I really wanted to work on that. I've always wanted to make something like that. So we pitched the idea and it got accepted as part of the official selection. So yeah, we're working on it now. We got funding and we're just on the research part. We already have a first draft of a script and starting nice. production on it in September. <laughs> well, August actually. I should be So um all right. So you I'm glad you mentioned Song of the Sea and Spirit Away because those are two animated films that I love a lot, especially Spirit Away. And just in my opinion, and I haven't seen that many animated films, but I think Spirit Away is probably one of the greatest of all time. Uh yeah. But you know, um, so you know, you did this research. Then you're probably gonna do the art maybe by August or September, etc. Um, but when do you think? Like, sorry, I, I'm just trying to understand like the process, right? So you, you know, you've done the script. Then you're going to you know do the drawings, etc. When do you think like you'd be finished with it? Like maybe like a December and November, or maybe earlier. Yeah. Um, we have to get it ready by March. So that they could publish oh, next it in year. time okay. for the pet develop. Yeah. Yeah. But I scheduled it so that we get it done by December, January, because okay. yeah, like there's editing involved, there's test printing involved, and I want it just streamlined. So the process oh, is yeah, go ahead. um I always plan it out this way. It's 120 pages, so it's quite a lot because I have to draw each of them. So how I do it is I usually do the thumbnails and the outlines first so that we look through how what is the flow, what is the placement of word balloons, how can we improve scenes, what are we missing? And then after that, I yeah. go into pencils, inks, colors, different stages, yeah. But that's but crazy, really though. I mean, 120 outside, outside. pages as, as a reader is not a lot, honestly. Mm. That's something I could probably finish in a day or less. Yeah, but for you, since you're doing it, that that's really a lot of work. Yeah, like I remember, light each page took me about three days. So that's a hundred pages. That's a whole year. I'm not surprised because you know, um, again, sorry guys, like you know, to those watching, I I don't mean to be like a fanboy or anything, but it's just really good. Like the whole thing of light and lost. Uh, you know, can, can I just mention though? Uh, when I first read Lost, I got lost. Sorry for the pun, but I got lost because I was wondering what happened here. So, you know, before we had this episode, I think I looked at it 10 more times in total. And each time I looked at it, I found a new appreciation of it. So, you know, that's why, you know, from an original score of three, it became a four star out of five star. And, you know, maybe in the future it becomes five out of five because, uh, what I really like about the art is the details you put into it. Like, like what you mentioned, it's very experimental. And that's what I like because, you know, for me, you know, you could be like the, you know, the usual, the Archies, uh, the Sabrinas, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to really be remembered for something, I guess, you have to give it your own uh, twist of it, I guess, or your own um, signature on it. So, you know, you know, uh, good job on that aspect. And, you know, this Nanang is 120 pages, but I'm very excited. So, okay, so let's assume that, you know, by Jan, you guys are done, uh, you know, it gets printed and all. How would people be able to get, like, a copy of it? Will it be available um, in, like, your books or nationals or? Yeah, um, it'll be available through Comic-Ed, and they kind of establish their own store with Comic 
Ket Secret HQ. So if you just look for it on Facebook, they have a lot of titles and they actually consign a lot of books from different independent creators. So you can actually find way more comics there than in a national or a fully book. Also, oh, it's very online then. Yeah. Um, they're also available on Lazada and Shopee. So comic. Oh, cool. Okay. Wait, um, okay, all right, I'll, I'll just mention this later on. I just want to get to this comment from Jade Mercury because I think this is pretty awesome. So oh, she hey. said, I discovered Light and Lost when it was recommended to me by Goodreads after I read the graphic novel adaptation of Ray Bradbury's uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's such a good read, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, sorry for our audience who are, who are watching and sorry. to our friends in Tuvalu. Um, sorry, Rob, I forgot to mention to you, we do have a following in Tuvalu, I'm not mm-hmm. really sure how, but um to tuvalu hello uh for um for for the reason why there's like a quote unquote on read is it's a wordless graphic novel uh and it's really just an experience like actually you know i'm very excited about the the film they're going to make out of it um do you have any updates about when the film will come out or how far they are in this yeah um okay so how the film came about was around 2019. Uh, Avid was working on Avid Yongoren of Rocket Cheap. Uh, you may have seen yeah. his other film, Saving Sally. And I love Saving uh, Sally, by the way. That's oh, cool. that's a film that I really, really, really love. Uh, the story was, you know, the story is usual, but the way they did it is what I loved about it. But, yeah, but please go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I remember seeing like him working on it throughout the years because that's how i met avid because we would do talks together at school oh, cool. and then we became friends that way um he approached me one day and said can i adapt your books into a film and i said yes yeah so that was um 2018 uh 2019 2020 we've just been working on it um refining the story bringing it to different festivals and workshops trying to get it funded um where it is now is at the time he was working on Hayopka and then he was trying oh, to get funding yeah. for um, Light Loss and uh, Zhaz Zaturna. So how that's going along is we got funding for Zhaz Zaturna. I actually, that's one of the projects I'm working on where I'm storyboarding Zhaz Zaturna, the animated film. Um, I'm working with him again. And then we have like where light is next after that, but Zaja Zaturna is currently being made and it should be out by 2023, 2024. Oh, after okay. that, is light and lost. Man, so are you telling me that by 2026 is the earliest I could see light and lost? Yeah, yeah. Five if years. Something earlier, it'll be great, but. <laughs> Wow. But hopefully you're done by limbo by then. So maybe they could already start getting funding for that as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, um, so far we've broken down the story where we're adding new scenes. We're still keeping it silent. As in there's no dialogue in the film other than music and maybe little sounds that something. yeah. Just foley effects. So, so I respect that, similar, that, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so I respect Avid for sticking to that, but that's what made it hard to sell because it's such a art house film. If they adapt my books, I'm sorry, Avid. No, no, but I mean, um, have you seen this film called The Red Turtle? Sorry, I, I wanted to, to bring it exactly. So it's kind of like that. Sorry, stories are way different, but like, yeah, yeah. 
it's a silent film in the sense that you only hear sounds and music and mm -hmm. i guess you, you know you did mention it's a bit difficult to get funding for it i guess because you know how people want these very loud sorry loud may be the wrong word but they want very bankable type projects right uh because yeah. you know how in netflix because now it's like a netflix generation right wherein people say have you seen this show or this film and like and then people usually be like is it on netflix or then second choice would be like a hulu or an hbo or whatever but yeah yeah no i kind of get it uh but then i just can't imagine that if you if the once it gets done and it gets obviously right it would be an amazing experience so i'm just wondering have you guys gotten so far as to add to wonder like how long the film would be or not at all yeah um like running time sorry yeah um they figure out the script and we're storyboarding it and yeah um it's gonna be about hour 40 minutes actually avid put it at a certain time so that stays within budget and is doable yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, okay, I think it, it, it is, it's pretty good yeah. so you know so to get we we kind of got into the the light and the loss part and i kind of wanted to get to this part uh about tumindig part so that's uh, from a different artist um Tarn tandem kalbo but then you know to to give some background regarding this uh the artist uh Tarn tandem kalbo uh posted his artwork wherein you know it's all fists then one fist is up then he kind of made it like a template in a way that you know, people could, you know, make their own version of their own fist, right? And mm -hmm. you're one of the first ones, probably, I think first three, first four, I'm not really sure, but there are other artists and you're a part of them. Oh, fourth, okay, you're yeah. one of the first, okay, you're top four then, okay. No, 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 um, um, around that time, it was, um, yeah, there are a lot of fourths or like, we, we can't tell, because it's not supposed to be who's first or second. Yeah. I just remember there were three other artists because I saw that uh, cartoonist Zach, and the, the other person I, I know who you're talking about um i gotta get it right yeah so, sorry yeah. whoever it is we apologize uh but yeah so it was zach um Kalbo, something. something yeah so anyway um i can find it we'll we'll probably remember the, the person's name in a bit but anyway so you were next uh you you, Capitan you, you joined... there we go there there that's the one there you go okay so you, you joined the movement and maybe you could describe um the 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 person or the character you drew for for that template oh um i saw that other artists were joining in already and i just wanted to stand in solidarity with it so i saw that cartoonist zach did it and then i just added mine and then i feel like without me it would have been its own thing talaga. like it would just kept going so yeah i might have been there in the first few days but i feel like it's a strong enough of a message of a feeling that we feel right now of we don't want to be just complacent we want to be active in how we affect our country yeah so yeah yeah i'd rather not be like of course of course it's just yeah, like you, you, not, you know um i'm trying to say i'm not 
a person who pushed it towards because it's really just TK like Tarantadong Calbo's how do I put this um this idea yes art yeah art art it spoke to all of us that we don't want to be complacent because of how things have gotten so bad <laughs> yeah well <laughs> well you know um the pandemic didn't do any favors but you know um here's the thing now uh a lot of people say you know you could even do sorry do you watch basketball or not that much no nah, man no nah. oh none okay oh sports okay so um the thing with sports i watch is, esports uh, I guess, but, yeah, okay all right but then you know aside from esports you know there are other sports right uh you know there are these people who say you know sports and politics don't mix sports and art don't mix but the thing is um sports and politics do mix right and yeah, obviously art and politics definitely mix and for me um there's nothing wrong with people wanting better for our country because you know we're all filipinos and we just want what's best for our country right uh whatever you believe etc we just have to respect each other's opinions that's the most important thing um there may be opinions that aren't good uh based on our opinion but then you know it's important for us to maybe listen to each other instead of just simply attacking each other immediately right but when it came to that no uh i'm just wondering because yeah i get you but then you know i'm just wondering like after you 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 did that um did you get a lot of messages where people were disappointed or were there a lot of positive messages when you when you did that uh yeah i'm i'm not an important figure in this man <laughs> it's tk who's like Dan Dan no, i know, I know. but of course you know when you join yeah. something of course there'll be people who'll be messaging like yeah good for you or hey i i i don't agree with you but yeah yeah um i'm a friend of kevin's and that's it i see what he's done and how it has been criticized heavily by the DDS. So if you go to his Facebook page, you see personal attacks. Like, it makes no goddamn sense to me because they are so threatened by a drawing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is people saying that they are in solidarity of wanting to not be complacent. They want to do something about this whole like situation. They, yeah. They want to be part of the change you know, in a way. Change. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many personal attacks on Kevin, and how he weathers it is just like he's been used to it for because this isn't time. the first time that he's like he's made art about what the fuck is going on around here. Like that's always why it's so like I did the forward to his book. Um, which was published by Comic also. So Tarantadam Calbo is available where I I look to oh, his work as, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I look to his work as such a important thing right now because it's a chronicle, it's art, it's comics, it's journalism talking about this is how fucking weird it is to live in the Philippines, how horrifying, how beautiful, how great, how bad. One of my favorite comics of his is him and a random Facebook commenter just having a conversation about 
aren't you afraid of being attacked? Aren't you afraid of what people will say about your artwork? And then his reply is just, um, I don't want to live like that, afraid. Ayokong mabuhay sa takot. So that to me is why he is so persistent about trying to say what he wants to say and not living in fear of these trolls, not living in fear of people who attack you, like making a stand for what is right. That's what this whole thing is about for me. Like, I've been skirting around it, saying that you should participate, but it is saying that you are not this. You know, you're not taking it lying down. You're not a mindless you know, person, yeah, fanatic. You are someone who has a say in the things and wants to do something to affect change. So, yeah, no, definitely. And you, you know, um, I just think it's amazing that you 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 joined in. I mean, I would have joined in if I had that ability to, but I really suck when it comes to art, honestly. Uh, but you know, here's the thing. Uh, the Philippines is one of those countries where in it's very extremes, right? Like it's either yeah. you're in or you're out. There's never a green, or sorry, not a green, a gray area, right? Yeah, it's and, mostly right wing conservatives. That's why it's like that. Religious hypocrites. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you know, for me, it's more like um, here's the thing, though. I consider myself a very conservative person in the sense that. I have certain political beliefs that are very conservative, period, right? But then, you know, for me, when I see that something isn't right, you know, let's talk about it. Let, let's discuss. I'm more of the type of person that, you know, let's discuss and let's just try to bring people to understand why it's wrong, right? Or why it's right and, and things like that. Uh, so, you know, um, what TK did, if that's okay for me to call him TK, I think it's an amazing thing just because, you know, um, anything you do, that causes any kind of noise, hmm. you get criticized, right? And as I asked you, when you did yours, did, did you get criticism? Sorry, I'm asking right now. Did you get any kind of criticism or more of like, you know, good job, Rob, you know, we're, we're here for you? None of the sort. I'm not, I'm not responsible for this. Uh, so that's okay. it. Like, that's why I brought it out. Nah, it's really more of Tantadong Kalbo's thing. Um, more of TK. Okay. Yeah, that I stood with him in solidarity is that I stand by my friend and what he means, and this is what I also believe. That. If I get any criticism from it, I haven't seen it. No one has said anything. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's not, probably it's not, not there. Yeah, yeah, but um, so... that's it. Like you'd get the random comment of a troll saying na na ba binayan ka ng dilawan ganon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like everyone who has something to say against the whoever uh, yeah 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 is you know we'll, we'll get that when that rhetoric is like it's so twisted where it's like it's the trolls of the dds that are paid for as seen by the matrix that rappler like put out that whole fake army thing and it's like they're using those mind games to say that people who have something to say that isn't just pure praise are people being paid when like yeah it's so sorry I, yeah so i'm wondering rob um have you heard of this uh french comic um sorry i don't know if com uh, if company is the right word but 
have you heard of Charlie Hebdo uh, yeah. at all? So, yeah. um, as, as you know, there was like this uh, very bad yeah. incident where a lot of the, you know, the, the artists, the writers were killed. Yeah, because, because they comedy. tried to depict the um, Prophet Muhammad. Yeah, in, in a certain They were area. attacked in France, which started yeah. the whole... I yes, think they were Charlie. shot and stuff yeah. like that. An extremist terrorist came into the offices and shot down cartoonists for trying to say something. Um, I know about this because um, a lot of the cartoonists there in France, they started this movement called Cartooning for Peace. Um, They actually came to the Philippines and I was asked to be one of the cartoonists to um, represent the Philippines and get to meet them and be an ambassador. Yeah, So they were going around the world advocating that cartoonists our journalists our artists should be protected they should not be inside violence upon because they are trying to just make art to comment yeah. on society yeah so why do you so, bring up charlie hebdo so, so uh, the reason i brought up charlie hebdo is i felt that tk is kind of right now and what's happening right um yeah. obviously yeah. there's no violence and i hope there will be none because you know at the end of the day for me there are so there was, many threats on his facebook man i know i know <laughs> there's a lot like you know um I, I i followed tk because he has a lot of funny comics that's how mm-hmm. i started with him right uh of yeah. course the political stuff came after that but he had a lot of funny comics especially when it comes to like corporate life you know about yeah. writing the mrt and, and things like that but i bring out charlie hebdo because the thing is um you know for me when it comes to anything about art um film music etc and people get political for me i tend to respect what people say for as long as they respect when people criticize them right and the criticism has to be fair it cannot just simply be Oh, Rob, I, you're paid. That's why you did this. Or TK, you're paid because you did this. For me, if you criticize their work because, let's say, you know, they didn't, um, what's the term for that? They didn't capture the essence of the situation well. That's fine because you know, in terms of criticism of art, you know, it's like when you're working in corporate, right? You know, you do good jobs, you do bad jobs, and you get critic, you get constructive criticism to help you improve as a person and. You know, for you, Rob, I'm sure, you know, when when you did your corporate life, you know, when you're a web designer, et cetera, you did get, you know, certain um, constructive criticisms about whatever. But it was constructive because it made you, you know, better in what you do. And maybe your fans also said, hey, you know, I wasn't a big fan of this because of blah, blah, blah. Um, I bring out Charlie Hebdo and this whole thing because for me, it's more on the attack on TK because, you know, for me, um he did give his opinion about something right and you know he didn't slander anyone he didn't say you know fuck this person or this person is shit or anything he just did a, a, a simple artwork that spoke you know volumes right and i honestly feel that a lot of the facebook comments he's getting and i'm sure his uh inbox is way worse than the comments he's getting um are completely unfair because at the end of the day when a person makes art you know it is only fair if you criticize them if it makes them a better artist but if you're just gonna say you know fuck you or i hope you die or your family dies or whatever that crosses the line 
And the thing with art is, art is there to to question what we see, right? It can be there to make us see, you know, the beauty in nature, like what you said, still life and etc. But art is also there because, you know, when certain things are happening, that's one way to capture the attention, you know, the, the attention of people. And you know, um, I know you're not the starter of the whole TK movement. It is obviously TK, but you joined it. And that's why I mentioned Charlie, because even if there's no violence, and I really, really hope to God that there's no violence that will happen, there's a lot of hate online right now on, yeah. on TK. And I feel it's very, very, very unfair. And I just wanted to make sure on your end that you're doing fine because, you know, you joined in. I honestly don't know if there's like people messaging you so so far you you mentioned that there's none so i guess uh for you rob uh you know you you joined in the movement and and things like that um so for you right now um you're obviously you're busy with your books with your job etc but with what's happening right now um should we expect any artworks from you that would um perceive what's happening right now or do you plan to you know stay low or anything like what are the next things for for rob chan right now in terms of political stuff i've always just made editorial cartoons criticizing this you know shit show of what's happened the last five years yeah like i've i was a cartoonist for like scout magazine philippine star there were illustrations I made uh, against the drug war where it was one illustration was, you know, those, um, those victims yeah. that yeah. happened. Right? So what I did was it's like, they would just pin that cardboard on anyone. And then we suddenly just accept that this human life was worth killing. So like a cartoon I made was like, fill in the blanks here. And then like other criticisms I've had against this whole thing was how could a policeman walk down the street of where they killed the same person? You know, the whole extrajudicial killings, that kind of thing. So I've always just been vocal about that, about how I feel about these are things that are wrong. Sure, like, now it's like I still make those kinds of statements i still make that kind of art to criticize i've have i gotten flack from it yeah because mindless trolls and stuff i filed with my friends against the anti-terror bill because it did you know challenge a lot of our freedoms as people and artists so yeah um what to look forward to? I don't know. We're still trying to get it jumped in the Supreme Court. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's one. Um, you're asking what to look forward to in my art. It's like, yeah, I'll see. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. I'm working on, like, that's it. Like, the internet is this space to kind of, if we look at TK as one example, there are so many other artists who are currently involved with how things are because that's how much we should be involved it's because you're an artist you can't live outside in a bubble in this state of privilege like for that to happen yeah and if you look at 
have you heard the controversy uh, over Chuck Zaldivar? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, but those I have to be like super, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's there were transphobic and homophobic statements in his works, and that's why a lot of people levied criticism. So that for me is an example of art trying to veer away from, you know, being a way to level the playing field or to have a statement that isn't tyrannical or dictatorial because his stuff kind of like he said posed that satire but it was always just punching down and for art to punch down is just always distasteful and also just not the point of satire you know the point of satire is to punch up so yeah we have a responsibility to actually make statements to help people understand what kind of situations we are in not really to just put down other people so yeah i guess more of that is what to expect i don't know why i got towards this tangent i'm just saying that art has a purpose and that's not to just shit on people like one of the things about tk that i'm frustrated about now is that dds cartoonists are pretty much calling for violence like when the Tumindig artwork came out and then TK posted how everyone joined in, this one cartoonist just drew Sarah Duterte stomping down on all of the fists and covered in blood. And it's like, he is unintentionally left. You know, like it's that kind of mistake where he's trying to show none of you are a match for the political machinery. And that's what scares us. That's why we're all standing up against this and raising our fists and it's like he chose to depict that this person yeah person that he idolizes will crush us to a bloody pulp and that's not smart at all <laughs> that is not satire so yeah um i feel like it's your responsibility to know what is right and to say so in your artwork and not really punch down so yeah yeah you, you know the, the thing with, um, yeah yeah and i'm glad thank you you know for for talking about all of that you know for me at the end of the day um wherever we are in, in the political spectrum here in the philippines mm-hmm. at the end of the day i just want everything to be peaceful in the sense that you know we can have certain opinions that are different from other people but let us not resort to violence in any way and, you know, for TK, if you agree with him or not, it doesn't matter. But, you know, don't attack the person. Same with you. You know, you, you, you agree with TK. And for me, sure, you know, you agree with him. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, yeah, like what you mentioned, um, violence is never the answer in anything. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to, to speak out. We have to talk about um, our beliefs, our why certain things are, and things like that. And that's why I always felt that art is extremely important in all of this. Uh, because, you know, the thing with art is uh, there are a lot of people out there who are scared to death to talk about their opinions about things because they're not very good in enunciating or explaining how they, they position themselves in anything, right? But yeah. when you get into art and you you, you you post a political cartoon or you you, you make a satire or whatever, 
it helps people see like, yeah, I agree with this or yeah, this makes sense. And that's why for me, art is extremely important, especially when it comes to situations like this, because, you know, like what you mentioned, right? Uh, when you make a mistake, a short time mistake on how you do your art, you could come out as extremely, you know, um, insensitive yeah. Yeah. in terms of what the situation needs. All right. So, but anyway, you know, thank you, Rob, for, you know, talking about that and talking about everything else. You know, we're almost done with the episode. Uh, and you mentioned about um, Limbo and Nan Nang and, and things like that. But aside from those things, Rob, uh, I do notice that on your Facebook before you had these episodes about you know you're t- you're doing some tutorial about drawing and things like that yeah, yeah. are there other um things that people could be looking forward to for rob cham about you know stuff that they could do or stuff they could watch about you and things like that sure um right now i'm part of um the linea linea creative brain trust so we usually make shirts, stuff like that, but we've recently got into a venture of Putty Rock, which is this kids animation that you can check out on YouTube. We just launched it last Sunday. Um, I'm working on Nanang, that's the next book. I have some illustrations coming out for different brands. <laughs> yeah, like merch and shirts and stuff I cannot talk about yet, NDA stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That comics tutorial thing was for Good Day Cultured Milk. They just said, hey, um, we'd like you to make content to help educate people. Because I used to be a teacher. Like, I used to teach in Ateneo. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So you're a teacher in Ateneo. All right. Okay. I was, like, 2013 to 2015. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I taught illustration and stuff like that. Uh, I would do workshops, stuff like that. So right now, things to look forward to. Check out Putty Rock. It's on YouTube. It's P-U-D-D-Y-R-O-C-K. I did the storyboards and character designs. Tarantadong Calvo actually did the animation for it. So, yeah, I actually worked with him on that. We actually worked on several projects together. This is like our fourth collaboration, I think. Wow, that, that, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, the others were stuff for Rocket Cheap Studios, talaga, like different commercials different stuff for different films uh what else yeah um i'm working on other cool stuff that you might see check out linea linea i joined in 2019 and i've been designing the shirts and the products for them yeah i'm really proud of the stuff there i actually got to make an eraser heads shirt i never thought i would yeah. have that like officially licensed approved and like I never thought I would get to do that. So, like, more cool shirts from Eraserheads coming your way. So, this week we re- though, um, yeah. Rob, I mean, I, I, I've known Linya Nina because they had a store before in uh, yeah. Gateway Cobal. That was, like, I, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's still there. But, okay, so you, you mentioned the Eraserheads and things like that. But aside from that... Uh, you know, you, you have your um, Facebook page, your Instagram page. Is there any other place where people could look look out for you and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. Um, check out Linya Linya. Check out Buddy Rock. My Facebook pages are and Instagram and Twitter are mostly where I post my shit. Uh, <laughs> 
for artwork and shenanigans. Um, I'm working on different animation projects right now besides Buddy Rock. Can't reveal yeah. yet, but yeah, just follow my stuff and then there'll be new comics, new artwork, new merchandise. Yeah, curious though, Rob, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you, you know, like, for example, could people buy some of your artworks that are like done and stuff in the sense that let's say someone says, hey, Rob, you know, I, I enjoyed Light, Lost and your other stuff. Are there like you know stuff that you that you have that I could buy and and stuff like that aside from your uh, books, just the books which you can get through Adarna House and Anino Comics. Um, my personal stuff, uh, prints, artwork, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Ah man, I haven't figured it out because I'm just like working on <laughs> other stuff. So okay, because it's difficult to kind of do merchandise honestly where yeah you have to manage the inventory the selling the shipping so i tried that before and it's just like i'd rather just do it at cons where it's just a one-time inventory thing yeah and then people buy um i guess ways to support me is to buy linea linea stuff like the shirt i made it's like <laughs> yeah help the company alive stay alive yeah. um that's one where like I helped design the shirts with my team and all our silly products to celebrate Filipino culture. That sounds like such a plug, but I'm just also proud of the well, thing. And that is fine. Um, my only problem with Dina and Nina is you guys don't really have big sizes because I'm a, I'm a big person. So I mean, in terms of XL. <laughs> no, man, I'm like a 3XL. Okay. So 3XL uh, Asian, but in terms yes. of like American size, I'm like an XL or something. I think Linian, your biggest size is what? 2XL? 2XL, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a major oversight. And only Asian 2XL. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, aside from it being tight, because 2XL <laughs> isn't super tight. It's more like yeah. when I wear it, there's like a mini midriff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like kind of going up in a bit. So, yeah, no, I'm but so you know, no, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to thank, you know, Rob for being here and stuff like that. Glap will be back next week. Um, so, Rob, Cham, thank you so much. You know, I know you're a very busy person. Thank you for being here and sharing everything about Lost and Light. And hopefully, you know, maybe in two, three, four years, we can have another episode talk about limbo you know where i hopefully bought the first edition and discussing the whole book with you and things like that uh you did mention your plugins a bit but yeah thank you so much rob for being here for for giving the time and all thanks for having me thank you rob so yeah iglap will be back again next week to everyone who watched thank you so much and see you guys thank you everyone bye everyone bye